Welcome to the Supremely Intercontinental Podcast, a podcast about fake little hockey guys. I'm your host, Ian Constable, GM of the Banff Rockies. The drunken gambler. That's right. And who might you be? Well, the playoffs have been played and our new champion has had a chance to celebrate all of his success. So let's welcome to the show the GM of the 2023 SICHL Continental Cup champions, the Havana Revolutions, Jeff Prozeller. Little Havana. Oh. Havana will nah nah. Hey, half of my heart is in Havana will nah nah. Oh. Now I'd like to welcome to the show the GM of the 2023 SICHL Continental Cup champions, the Havana Revolutions, Jeff Prozeller. Jeff, how are you? I am doing fabulous. Things are good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, things are good. Things are good. Uh, I bet. I bet. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this, so you've had a couple weeks here uh, since, um, since winning it all, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's going to be many questions in here. People are very curious about um, how it's gone recently, but I'm just going to start back a little bit earlier and like go way back to the start of the season okay and ask you what was your confidence level like before the season say around the preseason power rankings time because i remember the preseason power rankings i think they had they had eric one myself two you three i had that completely different in my head i had yeah. you one um eric two myself myself or montreal three i you know that was too close to call for me but um yeah anyways yeah Um, yeah, it was interesting. Um, you know, thinking back to the start of the season and just kind of reflecting on what that looked like at the start of the year. And, uh, I remember going into the season, I was like, okay, I think I've got the majority of the pieces that I want. Um, you know, the re-rates were friendly to me in in a couple players. And I was like, okay, I think my team is pretty well balanced. Um, but you never really know until you get into the sim. Uh, how it's going to treat you and and you know your your lines, but um, I'd say I felt pretty good. I was you know especially looking into the World Conference and the state of the World Conference this year. Um, even back then, I was like, okay, well, I'm clearly a playoff team. I'm not really overly concerned <laughs> about that part. Um, yeah. Where in in the other conference, you you probably had a tougher time well you specifically definitely had a tougher time uh than you should have trying to get into the playoffs but um yeah i I would say i was like okay i know i'm a playoff team um and then once you get into the second half of the season um you know you're you're just uh anything can happen as i will well attest to i'm sure a couple times tonight so i would say my confidence level, I was like, okay, I'm playoffs for sure. My expectation in the playoffs, I mean, obviously you're always gunning for the cup, especially with a roster that is worthy of that to some degree. But man, I never try and set expectations for myself. I used to do that and I learned hard uh, <laughs> how awful that demoralizing that can be. So um, so that, that was it. It was basically like, get to the playoffs see what I can learn throughout the season. Um, and then, and then, you know, just roll the dice in each round and hope, hope something works. <laughs> All right. Yeah. 
yeah, that's a good it's a good attitude going forward for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. How how close were you to moving McDavid or Drysaddle this year? Um, you know when you go into off season planning, um, which for you and I is like just starting, um, and uh, we we got to quick here, um, but you're always kind of looking at, you know, do I have the right mix of players? Is my team mm-hmm. well balanced? Do I, where are my needs and where are, you know, the areas where I may have too much of something and I can move, move it right. Um, to, to shore up some other areas. Um, and obviously star power on my team is there. and definitely was there at forward this year, right? Lindholm, Huberto, McDavid, dry Like I was overloaded, um, with 79, 80, 81 overall players, which is just, mm-hmm. yeah, silliness. But, um, so there was, there was times where I was toying with the idea of moving one of them. You know, I'm always listening to offers, see where the market's mm-hmm. at. Um, dry sidle has a really soft or, um, kind of soft spot in my heart. So he, ironically is probably the one I was always less likely to move. Um, There, there was something tinkering around McDavid and it was kind of close. You know, it's one of those things that if I wasn't able to pull it off this year, it kind of sits in the back of your mind is like, gosh, should have I just done that? Um, But now obviously no regrets. So yeah. 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 yeah, and you think, oh, of course, never move one of those guys. But, you know, if they're just not performing to what you'd hope and you could get a King's Ransom, as we saw uh, in another trade for the top goalie in, in yeah, the league sure. at this for year. Sure Sturkin, um, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So, you, I mean, for anyone, I'll just, I'll say you never know with any player for myself. So I could, I can imagine that there was, I'm sure there were always offers, right? Yep. It, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and and I remember when Shesterkin was being dealt and yeah. there were there were conversations around that time with a couple people um yeah. going like you know cuz even I'm looking at that that deal going like geez it, it's really futures heavy but if that's the kind of value that's mm-hmm. out there and I get goalies are a little bit of an anomaly right. although I would also argue that goalies are more likely to be re-rated horribly yes. where you know McDavid is probably rock solid yes. 80 every year but right. but uh I was like gosh man like if, if that's the type of offerings that are happening out there like I maybe need to pay a little bit of attention to what's going on and to your point McDavid hadn't always performed um right. He, you know, I couldn't always get seemingly get the best out of him, which, um, you know, I think we'll talk about a little later, but, but that's in your head too, right? Like mm-hmm. if he's producing the same as a, you know, another asset that that's, you know, you can turn McDavid into two or three pieces, maybe that's the smart way to go. Um, so yeah, that did cross my mind. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's get to the playoffs. How mm. often did you tinker with your lineups round by round? So starting starting at the start against the Fire Ants. Yeah, so, you know, it always seems that the regular season and the playoffs are different. I don't actually have any information on the sim not being set up the same way. And um, 
not saying that Mark makes any changes, but it just feels like the playoffs are a totally different animal. And some of the things that work in the regular season don't work in the playoffs anymore, or they don't work the same way. But I will say that I kind of started with looking at what I, how my team performed against those teams, specifically line by line, and tried to analyze where I could to see what was working, what wasn't working, and where I might have been exposed against that team. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I was trying to customize it a little bit. That was one of the things I learned in my kind of SICHL experiences, you know, you just have to keep trying different things in the sim to see what works. Um, I think, you know, you, you have 82 games over a season in the regular season to try and find what, what works, but, um, you know, you almost have to do it all over again in the playoffs. So part of it was just me trying to get data on how my team was performing with different sets of lines to see what I could figure out. Um, so yeah, I was tinkering a little bit here and there, especially after Norm started winning a couple games, and <laughs> I uh, started to. <laughs> well, I think we'll talk about that in a minute, so maybe I'll leave that for there. But um, yeah, that was that was not a fun situation, man. <laughs> and did did you find you tinkered more as the playoffs went along, or was it about the same? Um, I well, I mean. You didn't lose a game, and like you went up three games to zero in every single round for the first three rounds, right? Yeah, and so then that they came back with two in the first, came back with two in the second round, and came back with one in the third. Uh, so go ahead, Jack. Yeah, so it was um, definitely a you know a weird scenario going up, um, you know, three games in each series. I mean, it was great for the self confidence, but it wasn't ideal for you know, trying to test out and find what works and what doesn't work. Um, so I I didn't really make much adjustments as the, the, you know, game results were in my favor. I figured I'd just let it go. And it was normally the games where I'd, you know, start to, to find uh, the other team really found um, a balance and was able to, to, you know, take a game or two that I started to look at what wasn't working. Um, so, um I, I definitely tinkered the most um, against Norm, um, aside from yourself in the finals. That was by far the most amount of tinkering I've ever done in my life. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, we joked about it a little bit, but I, I must have submitted in the f- seven game finals, I must have submitted over 150 different sets of lines. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> there were some games that I had literally would submit lines and then five minutes later I'd change it back. And then five minutes later I was like, no, 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 that, that I had it right that first time and I'd change it back. And then, you know, I'd eat dinner and I would come up with an idea and be like, Oh, maybe that would work. And then I run <laughs> off and do it and submit another one. And then I'd sleep and wake up and be like, yeah. nah, like, what were you thinking? Sometimes <laughs> I was almost surprised when the game was run. I was like, Oh yeah, that's the set of lines I used. <laughs> um but yeah yeah it was nowhere near that level in the early rounds it was it was a lot more simpler but uh yeah anyway (laughs) (laughs) i i definitely would wake up and be like oh i gotta make that change i hope mark hasn't run it by the time i wake up in the morning and go do this (laughs) yeah yeah okay uh oh this i love i love this next question did you crap your camel pants when the fire ants started to come back in the opening series 
Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, the majority of the league will obviously know Norm and his um, you know, he's he's a a long-standing GM in the league. He knows the sim, he knows what works. He's won cups. Um I was terrified to face him in the first round because I was like, this is it. I'm going to go out. I'm going to go out against the fire ants and I'm never going to hear the end of it from Norm or from anybody else. Um, And I think when they won their second game, um, I actually wrote out like my, my loser article. (laughs) I fully wrote the whole thing and I had it ready to post. Um, And uh, anyway, it was it was it was pretty embarrassing. There's a a song called I'm Just a Clown um, by Charlie Crockett. And I took that song and I basically reworded it. And, you know, it's basically just talking about, you know, how you're just this big goof that can't seem to get anything right. And everybody just laughs at you. And uh, anyway, I took that and I made it my team specific and never got to post it. Uh, which I guess is a good thing, but uh, I was gonna have Mike do the the Havana Revolution logo and change the face to a clown, and then post the article <laughs> uh, if I lost to Norm in the first round. <laughs> anyway, so I was I was uh, you know I wasn't I was hopeful, but I was I was you know so you know um, Eric says crippling insecurities, and it's so unbelievably true when when the expectations start weighing in and you just can't seem to make the team win no matter what you do and you're just like what is happening um so yeah that was that was the first round against norm for sure was stressful well especially after your season one of the greatest seasons in sachl history your regular season too um Mm. that was something i went into the playoffs and you know i'm like well I mean, here goes kind of thing. I, I'm I'm glad I made it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, uh, and then when I went up against you, I'm like, oh my goodness, because <laughs> I I mean, you just destroyed me this year and destroyed the league. So I'm I, I was going into the finals thinking like, there's no, I got nothing. I don't know what to do against this guy. So, um, it was, yeah. <laughs> that was that was really funny actually because I I. I was a little bit confident going into the finals. Like your team was terrifyingly scary. And then, and then the, the puck cast review, which like glowed your team. And I was like, Oh man, maybe I'm reading this wrong. (laughs) And, um, and then the first game happened and I was like, okay, here we go. This is it. I got it. And then, you know, game two and three, and I was so immediately humbled. I was just sitting there going, oh, no, it's going to happen again. (laughs) Uh, Anyway. Uh, Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Next question. March 26, 2023, the Revolution acquired Philip Deneau from the Slammers in exchange for prospects Remy Poirier and Igor Afanasayev. The same day, you also acquired Connor Brown from the Spartans in exchange for Nick Dowd and London 5th in 2023. Looking back now, how important was it to acquire both players, especially Connor Brown, who seemed like a man on a mission in the finals? Would you have won the Continental Cup without those two acquisitions? Um, probably not. Um, in all honesty, I doubt it, especially you know, might've made it through the earlier rounds. Um, but, uh, that, that finals against you losing Huberto 
in the first game. I said this to Mike, and I, I don't think you were even on the call yet. Um, this was like one of the pre-calls before we did, um, I think it was game three. Um, I was like, uh, after I had realized how important Huberto was, I'm like, I actually think I would have rather lost anybody else on my team. McDavid, Dreisaitl, Burns, um, Hellebuck. I think it would have been easier to you know, put together a line with any of those players gone than Huberto. He was such an essential piece of my team. So, um, you know, having those depth guys like the Connor Brown, like the Dano that could jump in, um, you know, was so critical. Um, and, and so, yeah, I don't not think it would have happened without them. Um, you know, Connor Brown put up, um, what was it like 23 points in the playoffs? Um, he was almost a point a game and 11 of those six goals, five assists were against you in the finals. So half his production was in the finals after, after Huberto went down (laughs) 11 points in seven games. Like he was, he was the MVP of that series for me without him. (laughs) It was done. Um, So you know what? I was worried about former Rockies. I was worried about was Sergachev in that series, and it turned Mm. in and it turned out to be Connor Brown that I should have been worried about. (laughs) It was. I actually didn't. I didn't realize that you um, that you had Connor Brown at the start of the year, and then he got moved around. The poor guy had like a a who's who (laughs) of teams this year, Um, but you know no one could really seem to get him to do much. He was with the Norrisman, I think, for over 20 games he was a minus player um and he went to um st louis i don't think he went anywhere in between but maybe he did um, he, went to, he was first went to the gators for me okay yeah and then to the norseman i think and then to um st louis and then to yeah. you yeah but he was i remember talking well, to down. i remember talking to um to McInnes about him at one point and he was like yeah I don't know I just can't seem to get him working he was a minus player for him just couldn't kind of produce much and then same thing for Sean he acquired him and he was like he was a minus player for me it's not working um and I picked him up and he ended up you know half a point a game and he was like plus eight or something by the end of the year and then just went on a tear in the playoffs so it's all about finding fits with players yeah. right yeah. And I mean, yeah. he has that 88 defense, right? He's just yeah. an absolute stud on defense. And I hated giving him up in the deal, but I was going to lose him um, in the expansion draft. I was sure of it, right? Because mm, yeah. 27 yeah. years old had with term, or sorry, 27 years old. So he had five years left, you know, yeah. with, well, at the time we were thinking this, right? Who yeah. knows if he gets a re-rate now or not. That's um, true. Yeah. But at the same time, um, at the time, I was like, I'm losing him in the expansion, so I'll, right. you know, get something for him. Uh, yeah, then, it makes uh, sense. And then he, and then he gets to you, you. And, and just kills me in the finals. You should so, have yeah. lost him in the expansion draft. It would have been less painful. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, what was the... Sorry. Let's okay. a different question here. Uh, from a world... <laughs> this is from a world conference GM. Okay. All right. As a long-suffering World Conference GM, I want to know how he's going to use this victory to help shut up the insufferable Canadian Conference GMs about which is the best conference. 
I assume that by the time the podcast goes out, they'll already be pushing their nerd glasses up by their noses and saying, um, actually, before doing a deep dive into their selective, selective statistical <laughs> analysis. <laughs> and I have to say, this was not a question from Henry, because I <laughs> could picture this, I could picture this, you know, not in a, you know, like any kind of rude way from Henry, but yeah. I could picture this question from Henry. But I think Henry will love this question, so I want to hear think, this. This is good. I think he would too. I th I actually, as you're reading it, I was just thinking to myself, "Gosh, this has to be Henry." Um, <laughs> so uh, interesting question. Um, you know, it's 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 kind of like you know the the fun banter that goes back and forth between yeah. the World Conference and the Canadian Conference. So, I guess what I will say to hopefully all of you world conference gms listening um and there are a couple that you know have some some real rosters mm -hmm. coming forward you know i think obviously jd and the buckaroos yeah. um Sheetles tigers beat me out last year um and went to the finals um I, I i said this in a in a separate message to phil but i think his grunge were probably yes. the one team that i did actually really didn't want to face Mm -hmm. in the world conference um i did not like the way my team would have matched up against his so um but just in general like you know world conference gms like step it up guys like let's go <laughs> we can't we can't we can't have what is it 81 points made the playoffs this year in the world like you know we gotta we gotta get things together henry's gotta finish that rebuild and i think uh, i think it's looking good going into next year really good yeah yeah um, you know, it's so hard to compare, uh, you know, it's, it's easy to just take points on face or, you know, uh, schedule toughness or whatever, um, uh, or, um, strength of schedule or anything like that. But, uh, you know, I guess at the end of the day, the cream rises to the top, right? So that's that's where you end up with with the <laughs> continental cup and the president's trophy and the world conference championship banners so there you go there must be yeah, something absolutely. right there yeah. absolutely <laughs> <laughs> and you can't argue any of those well done um, yeah thank you what was the single most stressful moment of the playoff run for you um there are a lot mm. of choices here. There are, I'm there, looking back, and I know because yeah. I, I mean I would see you before and after the um, the the games with during mm. the games I'd be seeing you. We would be talking uh, in a, in our group, uh, our Access and Allies group as well. Yeah, yeah. Course, Matt was so good in the middle of that. Matt uh, oh. Matt Birch because he yeah. uh, he would he, like he just he, I think he put it. I can't remember exactly how he put it, but he. he he put it just so nicely, like, uh, I'm going to try not to, you know, mess with you guys at all and kind of <laughs> yeah. stay, like, not even talk Same about this, which yeah. which was awesome, right? Even though yeah. even though it was, I knew there, he wouldn't mean anything by anything, but it was nice to, yeah. to not have that kind of something from the outside getting in your mind from, you know, from somebody else yeah. yeah like you were able to keep a keep a clean conversation about a yeah. totally different topic without letting them bleed together so exactly. uh yeah so that was the most stressful moment for you in the playoff room oh man i mean obviously um overtime game six was awful mm. um and uh game seven 
especially when neither one of us scored in the first period. <laughs> I was sitting there and I was like, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know how to feel about this. Um, that that whole process, by the way, of and and you know, you and I have had a couple conversations about this offline, but that whole um, um, doing the the live kind of finals and and reading it line by line and and running through that it's it's like emotionally draining like <laughs> some of the games were done i think well for you even earlier like 10 in the morning or something and i'm just like i need to go to bed like it's noon and i'm exhausted i'm mentally just destroyed <laughs> um i guess you know, the, uh, we, we'd already talked about it a little bit, but the, the first series against Norm was stressful only because I was in the back of my head. I was like, oh, my gosh, if I go in the first round again, like, do I just blow up the team and give up because it's not working? And I've I've uh, you know, I've had failure after failure after failure for so many years. Like at some point, you just have to, like, you know, cut your losses and go. But um, I would say the amount of time and effort and stress and anxiety that I had after that Huberto injury, like go, yeah. like my, setting my lines for game three and game four, trying to figure out what worked. That was, that was awful. That was stressful. I didn't like that at all. I was, I was like, honestly, I was like, I just don't want this injury. I think the number of times I propositioned Mark and Mike to say, can I just trade Ian two games and get my player back? Like I'll give him two <laughs> games. Just give me my player back. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that, that was not fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Um, did you think you had a good chance at returning to the finals after losing in the finals a couple seasons ago? So I guess maybe we can even go back a couple seasons. Yeah. So I lost to Eric, uh, in four games straight. Um, what would have that been? 20, 20, 20, 21, I guess. Um, and that was, you know, that was no fun, clearly. Uh, the only good part about it was I was, you know, going into the finals this year. I'm like, well, I can't embarrass myself worse than that. I already got swept in the finals. So really, what's the worst thing happens again? Like, oh, well. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I thought, you know, obviously that the team, my core is still really young um, and was two years ago. So. I, I figured I would hopefully be able to battle my way back there. Um, last year's team that I had, um, I actually thought was a stronger team. I, I really liked last year's team. Um, I had Pax already. I had Dustin Brown. Like, I just feel like I had a better balance of, of forwards. But, uh, yeah, Sheetal took me out, and that was, like, so demoralizing. I was sat there after that and was like, oh, my gosh, I might never make it back to the finals again. Like, maybe I, this team doesn't have what it takes. So that's where the crippling insecurities come back, right? <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I figured I would hopefully be able to at least get one or two more finals appearances out of this team, you know. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't. You know, after losing to Eric, I was I was pretty confident that I'd be back at some point. So, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so you were visibly overcome with emotion when Game 7 finally ended. I, I don't know about that. Anyways, <laughs> now, now that we're a few days on, what stands out to you from that moment? Um, 
I didn't think it was going to happen. It didn't feel real. Um, I was just so, um, like I just had already written it off when I lost game five. I was like, Oh man, I got, Ian's got two chances here. Like my, my shot at this is, is like, you know, super long at this stage. Um, and so then, you know, a couple days later to be sitting there and actually won game seven, I was like, Holy crap, this actually really just happened. Like, my team finally made it over that hump after all these years and all those failures and everything not working. And like the questioning of, do I just blow it all up and trade some of these guys? Um, you know, it all just washes away. Like the relief I think is probably the best feeling. It was instant relief. I was like, Oh my gosh, that monkey is finally off my back. I can at least be like, you know what? (laughs) I may never win again, but I won once. So at least one time I was good enough to get all the way through. <laughs> so that that kind of feeling of having that pressure off that, you know, that monkey off your back was was nice. So that was that was kind of what is still standing out to me now. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. This comes from an anonymous DM whose name starts with error and ends in icky. Uh, you had a rather humiliating defeat two years ago at the hands of our eternal overlord Eric, who from this day now shall be for the, from this day forward shall be known as Ericy. What lessons, <laughs> if any, did you learn from that or his reign of tyranny in general? In ex- or in other words, what should Eric take credit for? <laughs> well. Um... I, I like the two words, um, <laughs> you know, error, you know, I think, you know, we can all agree that there must have been some type of error to allow Eric to repeat this three times in a row. Um, and icky is the feeling you get when you think about Eric winning three times in a row. <laughs> uh, so, hey, that works pretty perfectly. Um, the lessons that I learned, I, I have to say, like, I don't know uh, everybody um, you know, in their interactions individually amongst the league. But I, t- I try and keep tabs with a good number of the GMs. And Eric's one of them that I've always kind of been talking to here and there. And, you know, we share back and forth, like, ideas and, you know, things that, you know, we found that work or don't work. And, um, you know, not not in detail, but just general. And um, so, you know, he's super helpful from that from that degree. And and Eric, mad respect to you and your and your three years. But um, we've had a league revolution this year, and uh, <laughs> off the high horse you go, and back into the mud at the bottom. And uh, we hope we never get back. You, we hope you never get yourself back up to the top. So, um, yeah, the the days of tyranny are over. And uh, I guess I guess. What Eric should take credit for is, is um, you know, uh, his his leadership style and arrogance and character that he has put there um, is not one that I will be repeating. So I'll I will take the the title of humble champ at this stage. <laughs> Excellent. All right. <laughs> All right. What are you doing differently? that resulted in the success for McDavid that eludes him in real life. Oh, I put together a whole team, not (laughs) just two guys and hope that the rest of the team can, you know, just, uh, 
you know, tie their skates. Um, you know, I obviously gave him gave him a goaltender, uh, which is a big thing. I know Edmonton's kind of struggled along with, you know, subpar goaltending and, you know, not great defensive structure, not great defensive play. Um, but um, no, I think I just I gave him a more f- full team um, that operates around him. I really tried to build something that wasn't just one dimensional. So, um, you know, maybe Edmonton will get there. They have a cap, so it's a it's a totally different build system. But, um, you know, I I hope I, I honestly I like McDavid as a person as a player. I hope he finally finds success, whether it be in Edmonton or somewhere else. But you know, those generational type players, you know, Crosby got lucky; he basically walked into it. Um, Ovechkin had to earn his, and that was happy to see. And uh, you know, maybe if Michael Oram ever trades him, he might win in our league. Um, <laughs> And, uh, but yeah, happy, happy. I could get McDavid on, uh, on the continental cup. So that's, that's nice to see. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, what was your thought process going down three to two, knowing you had to string together back to back wins? I think this is probably the only time this season that you really felt kind of behind the gun. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's why I said earlier, you know, going up three games in each of the series um, was almost a bad thing. You know, um, it, it doesn't give you that kind of response, um, you know, that fight or flight type of response. Cause you're like, Oh, I'm up three, nothing, you know, like nothing can go wrong. But yeah, when you, when you find yourself in those crunch situations, it's totally different. So um, all I could think about was, you know, it's so stereotypical, but all I could think about was just getting through that game. I was like, I, I can't think about beating you twice because beating you once is like almost impossible. And Barkov, as I said before, like that guy's name will haunt me for the rest of my life. Every time <laughs> I just hear you like Barkov, Barkov. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have nightmares about that still. And then seeing, you know, the big green banner come up and it's like Alexander Barkov, you know, <laughs> I was like, oh, great. Um, so, yeah, it was really just like taking it one game at a time. I think, you know, the the uh, the it probably showed up in all of my line combinations, right? Like that's where I was putting my energy into the things I could control because, you know, the sim is hard to predict and, uh, you know, your lines were eating me alive. So I, I was just focused on trying to control the pieces I could and t- just trying to survive one more game. The other part of me was also like, Hey, if I, at least I lose in game seven and I win one of the games, I make an extra like $3.8 million. So that's not bad. Like that's a player for a year. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> so that was part of it too, right? You're yeah. just trying to maximize the the profitability here. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, okay, so we have four questions here that kind of really go together. Um, mm-hmm. I'll read them one at a time. Some of them may kind of double up on each other, but okay. uh, we'll start with this one. Which move? Uh, which move you made contributed the most to your cup win? So that could either be drafting, free agency, trading, anything. Like what? What do you think? Um, contributed the most to your cup win? Hmm. Um, I think if I break down my team, I think I've drafted out of like the 20 
roster players that you yeah. you know put together. I think eleven of them I've drafted. Oh wow! So that's over half. Um, yeah. For some, I, I, I'm definitely not the highest percentage. There's I'm, like I'm sure Gee's at like ninety five percent or something, <laughs> yeah. um, and rightfully so. And I'm sure there are a couple others in the league too that uh, that have high percentages. But um, you know, obviously, yeah, you kind of have to draft well. And I had yeah. good draft picks for a couple of years there when my team was completely awful so um you know for those people at the at the bottom of the standings you know the couple years here there's hope uh it takes a little bit but there is hope so you know don't lose that don't trade away all your draft picks (laughs) um it's honestly a mix right like i look at my roster and i'm like you know hellebuck in the fifth round was a was a, a gem and needed that need a goaltender to win right we all know that in this league um you know mcdavid drysidle uh draft picks um or drafting was was great brent burns that was a ufa signing from a bunch of years ago i nabbed him in ufa probably the one of the single best moves I've ever made as a as a GM was locking him up in free agency and then just FPing him. He hit, yeah. um, he hit UFA at you know whatever it was twenty nine or thirty, and I just grabbed him. Um, and I, you know, for those who are looking and already scouting, I think there's a couple potential Brent Burns style defensemen that are hitting UFA this year at a good age. So you know. Um, put your bids in uh, six from one team yeah <laughs> yeah exactly that are like all-star defensemen right yeah 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 eric's losing most of his defense <laughs> or all of his defense this year i think uh everyone except for josh morrissey if i'm not yeah. mistaken but, that's right uh, yeah um and then trading you know um as i said earlier like I, this team wouldn't have won if i wasn't able to pick up some of those extra pieces throughout the year um once i started to figure out the elements of my team that were missing um and i wrote a little bit of an article on that earlier this year but like just kind of looking at the the pieces i was missing through the year and making those kind of targeted acquisitions so you know i know i needed someone like to know that had kind of the defensive piece i knew i was missing a couple defensive forwards that that were multi-purpose so to know and, and connor brown obviously and then uh and then picking up Sergachev from you um i lost brent burns during the year and my whole team fell apart so i knew i needed another offensive defenseman so he kind of fit that bill when he came up so you know it's not any single element obviously you need mm-hmm. all three but the key is just you know paying attention to to what pieces think um they can help you and i i tend to stay away from the single year i did it last year but i i tend to stay away from the single year contracts and the one year um you know like the one year solutions i try and trade for players and acquire players that i think are going to help me and then um you know keep it as part of my core and then just tinker around with you know three forwards and one or two defensemen every year um so yeah that's Okay. Yeah. Good. Um, which player do you feel was most pivotal to your cup run this year? Well, we talked about Connor Brown. Um, 
never thought that I'd be saying he was a pivotal. Like when you look at my team on paper, <laughs> you're no. like, you know, you know who that player is. It's going to just <laughs> 12 guy now, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like Connor Brown, man. That's the guy you got to watch. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he was a big part. Um, McDavid finally performed this year. He did. The way I needed him to. So did Dreisaitl, right? They both mm. put up uh, almost 30 points, I think, in in the couple series. So they were a big part. Um, you know, I said earlier, you need a goaltender to win in this league, um, which I a hundred percent believe is true. And you and I had two of the best, I think it was you, me and Mark and just but he was out of the playoffs. Right. So, and, uh, um, um, Montreal, um, Markstrom Markstrom. Yeah. Oh yeah. Markstrom had a really good rating. Um, but, um, you know, Hellebuck really, aside from he came through in clutch in that last game against you uh, to win win it all. But other than that, if you look at his numbers, they're very pedestrian. They're not mm-hmm. great at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was actually disappointed with his play um, through through most of it. Kakinen actually had better numbers yeah. uh, at the end of the playoff. And, you know, I got chastised mostly by Mike uh, for putting Kakinen in, and I think it was game three. And he was like, he was shot. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and, you know, I tried to keep it together, but I think he could see even then. And I'm sure anyone watching the live stream <laughs> tell quickly that I was like, you know, sitting there going, oh, my gosh, I think I made the wrong choice. <laughs> but, Joe. Uh, yeah. But, uh, right. You know, I made a huge mistake. You know, that was really funny when <laughs> I went back and watched that game again. And, mm-hmm. uh, and of course, the preamble at the start, like when uh, Mark's talking to us mm-hmm. and uh, talking about, like, and you said, Yeah, I put it, I capo Kakinen starting the game. And I remember, I try, I remember hearing it and trying to like keep a poker face, but I saw my <laughs> face. <laughs> <laughs> when I watched it again, I saw my face, and I, I'm just, I can see myself just kind of beaming, going, "Oh my goodness, <laughs> we've got a chance." It's, it's like, it's like the cartoons. You just like yeah. dollar signs take yeah. over your eyes. You're just like, "Baby, we've got this." <laughs> oh man, yeah, so yeah. No, but you're, I mean, you're right. He had, mm-hmm. he, he had played great when he'd come in for you in those other games, and. Yeah. It yeah. re- allowed you to bring Hellebuck back in the next game fully yeah. healthy, right? Fully fresh. And, and that's what I was afraid of. He could of. have been at a 97 the next game, and then you're in real trouble if he goes down. Well, that's it, right? Like, we, you and I, we only had one overtime game, and it lasted, what, like five minutes? Yeah. Um, but overtime, man. Like, but it's they, the shots we had in each game. <laughs> yeah. But that was my fear. Our games were so close. Yeah. Um, that I was like, oh my gosh, if I put him in at 98 and we go to OT, he's going to be dead and it's going to yeah. take me three games to get him back. Like, if I sure. try and load manage him now, maybe, you know, I can, I can get him through the series um, yeah. and outmaneuver you a little bit. So, you know, and, works. and, and and as I said, like Kakinen had played great up to that point, and then yeah. of course he got lit up in the first period <laughs> of pole. But uh, you know, I, I had I had no reason to believe that he couldn't do it, so right. I had to I had to give it a shot and see what I had. So anyway, but but I guess all that saying, yeah. you know, Hellebuck is is you know wasn't the key to victory, even right. though um, you know most of the time you you need the goaltender, but um, 
nah, he, he, he was fine. He was great. I still love him. He's never moving, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he, he was not the key to victory, uh, in the playoffs this year. That's for sure. So, yeah. So if you have to say one guy, who are you going to say? If I have to say one guy, um, yeah, he, he, the way McDavid played, I'll, I'll take him. Um, not just, you know, name recognition, all that, but he, he finally was rated in a way that he could play power play. He could play PK. He had the endurance and durability that I could like put him on the ice for long amounts of time. So he was, he was critical. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll go with him as the leading scorer and the, and multifaceted amount of play. He's a plus 10. So yeah, Yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Okay, uh, who or what do you credit for finally getting the monkey off your back? Um, gosh, this is going to sound horrible. Um, myself? <laughs> no, that's, that doesn't sound horrible. It's, um, I finally had, you know, my, my life has allowed me to spend a little bit of time on this this year. And... Um, I really did put a lot of time into monitoring the performance all year, trying to find the areas, as I said, where I I could see there was issues or see players that weren't working or areas that I needed to, to try something different and then did the same thing all playoffs. Like the, the number of spreadsheets and data points, like (laughs) after every game I was moving everything into, you know, to try and figure out where, things were working and who wasn't matching up well against who like I was I had the time to and ability to do all that and you know everyone has their own method so I'm not yep. sitting here saying that you know you have to sit there and do this but um I I think it probably helped and it definitely gave me sanity in that I could sit there at the end and go well if I lost I did everything I possibly could have Mm-hmm. You know, I tried as hard as I could have to to make this work. And if it didn't, then I guess, you know, it just wasn't meant to be. So there you go. Um, so, yeah, that's 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 probably that one. OK. Uh, and I think we kind of covered this a little bit already. But is there a trade you made or maybe didn't make that you mm-hmm. can say was pivotal to your cup? Um. Um, well, yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll take a little bit of a different angle on this. Um, sure. as soon as, as soon as the cup was over and, uh, you know, game seven and I had won it, I think the first person I messaged was Sean to say like, Hey, thanks for Connor Brown, by the way, <laughs> if you ever need anything in, in life, just let me know. Cause, uh, I, I pretty much, you know, if you need a Butler, just call me up and, uh, I'm there for life. So, um, so that was kind of funny. And, you know, Kadri was one of those people that I'd been eyeing. Yeah. Matt and I had conversations for probably three years. I've been trying to get Kadri off of Matt. Um, and he finally, you know, after the early disaster to his season, um, you know, was able to do that. So I think those were kind of two. The, the Kadri one I was most happy about. I remember when I got him. I knew my team needed someone like that. And I remember being like, okay, this is it. I, I feel it this year now. Like now I have this critical key piece that I can roll three really heavy lines. Um, and he gave me that that ability. So I think that's 
probably one that, you know, he didn't perform as well in the playoffs, but he was he was critical to team success. And a lot of the the back end making the lines work, um, I needed him there. So, yeah. Yeah, and you know who I thought would like just who was killing me in that in that finals uh, was mm-hmm. Philip Deneau. Mm-hmm. And when, mm-hmm. when when you came in, when you put him, I, I think on the top line and then on yep. another line as well, and he just kept. It seemed like he was shutting me down, uh, yeah. and that I couldn't figure out anything to go against him. Like when you made that adjustment, I was like, I just oh, that drove me nuts, and <laughs> maybe I made too many adjustments myself. Yeah. <laughs> trying to go back around that um so anyways i thought philip Deneau was huge as well yeah yeah he was he was a key pick pickup yeah. and like you said when huberto went down and i had to rebalance my lines um mm-hmm. i didn't actually even think about putting him on the top line until i think it was game three or game four and as soon as i got that in there I was like, oh, I've unlocked something. I think it was mm-hmm. game four because I won game four to tie it up. And I was like, yeah. okay, here we go. And mm-hmm. it made a big difference in shutting down Barkov too a little bit. Like yeah. he was still pumping goals in, but it was a little bit more manageable. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, he was he was, he was was a key piece. Right on. Okay. Uh, so this is a long one. There's a couple questions in it, but it kind of all goes together. So uh, okay. now that you've won, what are your thoughts for next season? Should we expect a new evil overlord? I think you've already um, <laughs> replied to that earlier. Hell bent on continued world domination. Obviously, you can run it back and be a prohibitive favorite. But mm-hmm. have you got plans on the horizon? Do you see the waiver draft or free, a- free agents mattering much? Uh, do you have that blockbuster itch yet? Or will you just <laughs> do nothing and bask in the glory of owning McJesus and Dry Saddle? Are you going to try and beat Eric Streak of Cup wins? Uh, maybe I'll answer it sure. almost backwards. But okay. um, am I going to try and beat Eric Streak of Cup wins? Uh, probably not. No. Um, you know, it'd be nice if that happened, but that's definitely not the goal. Um, you know, I, I feel it's probably healthy for the league to spread spread some victories around. After knowing how it feels to win, I. You know, I just I kind of want everyone to experience that a little bit. Uh, be nice to have have that. But um, at the same time, like, clearly, I'm not going to just like no. throw in the towel and yeah, and trade off all my guys and go into rebuild or uh, or not, you know, not give it for next year because, you know, you better believe I want to build those banners on the bottom of my page. Uh, so so, yeah, you know, but 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 do I see myself strategizing on like a a plan specifically like Eric right. pretty much did, right? Like he yeah, knows too. he, he was, you know, had three ran for four and knew that now the clock's out. Right. So yeah, I'll be interested actually to see what he does. Yeah, um, me too. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that's, I'm not really running at a, a, a three-year plan here um, to try and take Eric out, but <laughs> um, let's see what else. Uh, my Will thoughts you just on, do nothing and bask in the owning McJesus and dry? No, not really. I mean, clearly with those two, you know, my window stays open as long as those two are healthy and putting up points. Um, Hellebuck's kind of in that same age range. You know, Lindholm, Huberto. I have a the core piece of that that, um, <clears throat> you know, gives me that pretty much guaranteed playoff team every year and then, right. and then build from there. But... Um, 
No, I, I'm not just gonna bask in the in the in the glory. I'm I'm also open to dealing either one of them. Still, like I still have those conversations. It just has yeah. to right fit, right? Um, right, right. But uh, and so I guess that answers a little bit of the other one, the blockbuster itch. Yeah. yeah, I could, I could, I'm always down for a blockbuster. I'm probably more cautious than like half the GMs. I'm, I'm not as, you know, sure. Yeah, let's just like roll the dice. Like Dusty used to do that all the time. You know, mm-hmm. he would, he'd be like, oh yeah, sure. You have four superstars. I have four superstars. Let's just swap them and see what happens. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that gives me heart palpitations. There's no way I'm doing that. Like that's chaos. Um, but you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, there's a, a Connor Bedard this year that that's out there and that first round pick could be interesting. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe, uh, take a look and see what that looks like. Uh, Wasn't there an exact post from somebody about this? Like, like this will be the worst if one of the two guys in the finals is picking Bedard. Um, (laughs) Well, I have and a lot of just Connors. mention right here. <laughs> mm, well, I have a lot of Connors. I'm collecting. Yeah, them. right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's not my fault. He's good. Uh, <laughs> so you know that that you know you know okay. Once once that draft lottery is done, uh, <laughs> give me a call first overall. Let me let me know what uh, what's what what you're thinking. Um, what else? Do uh, you see the waiver draft or free agent mattering much? Um. And we'll you actually know, get into this. We'll as part of this question. We'll get into in a minute in okay. a little bit. But yeah, um, I love the waiver draft. You know, I know that. Me too. It uh, it's often overlooked sometimes, but I know there's there's definitely some active GMs in there. I always try and jump on or at least pay attention because my team has been so good. I'm usually picking so far down the list that uh, you know most of it's gone. But sometimes, like I picked up james reimer in there once so there's definitely you know always got to keep your eye out on there's definitely a couple players every year that move in the waiver draft that turn into something so yeah um you can't ignore any part of the opportunities that are out there um and and i'll say to any newer gms especially pay attention to the waiver draft rules because Mm -hmm. people have been bitten before by them um, yeah. and, and said with, and sometimes with, uh, that person getting extremely upset. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. yeah, pay attention yeah. to those rules. Yeah. Yeah. Always um, and, and free agency, I mean, for me personally, probably not. Um, I actually, you know, like a lot of GMs on here, like part of the, some of the trades I'm making aren't for this year at all. They're for yeah. next year or the year after, because I see a player that I'm like, Oh, you know, like they're not much now, but they could be something that could be a useful piece next year based on how they're playing. You know, maybe I take a run if I can acquire them for the right price and then just hold them. You know, right. I, at the deadline ended up picking up uh, Jason Dickinson and uh, Jason Zucker. And um, I expect both of them to probably make the roster next year. So um, I I doubt I'll dabble much, but, um, you know, the new free agency tools coming. So I kind of want to participate. So we'll have to see. We'll see who's out there and and what the re-rates look like. And maybe I'll take a couple swings. We'll see. Okay. And do you have any plans on the horizon? I guess we've probably covered that, hey? What do you think? Any any plans? You said, you said like free agency, not really quite sure. Yeah. 
Um, not particularly. Um, once rewrites come out, I always yeah. kind of, as we all do, just kind of so a re right? a reset, right? Like, where yeah. does this leave my team? You know, do I have the wrong mix now of guys that they had the right mix last year, but now looking at it, this isn't this isn't probably going to work. So that's where you you know you kind of do some retooling, and maybe you, you do pull one of those dusty blockbusters where it's like, yeah, I'll trade you Hubert Owen and Lindholm or Jesper Bratt for two other similar forwards because right. I have too many centers or not enough left wings or everybody wants to pass and no one wants to shoot. So, uh, you know, there could be some of that. We'll see. Right. Yeah. Um, and you've already answered the, should we expect the new evil overlord? You are yeah. of course now <laughs> known as the, the humble or I think for uh, for a Cuban team, the people's champion. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> there we go. I would like that one. Yeah, let's let's run with that. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's perfect. After three years of evil tyranny, uh, the people's champion is here. There we yeah. go. <laughs> okay. All right, so let's get on to the next question here. What have been some favorite moments from the past win celebrations, uh, or for, sorry, the post-win celebrations in the weeks following the championship? Oh my gosh. Um, probably the number of times that I've had interactions, you know, obviously my friends and family know a little bits about this league, right? They, you know, some more than others, but everybody got like a crash course in how ridiculously important <laughs> it is in my life. <laughs> <laughs> in the last little bit um like my wife especially you know when i put up the the havana banner and it blocked out a key window in my house for two weeks and she put up with that um you know and then and then you know the celebrations and uh, she videotaped a couple of things for yeah. me so she, she's a videographer absolutely yeah yeah <laughs> but uh you know even just you know good friends and you know i would be like they're like oh like what are you doing tonight and i'm like oh i'm celebrating and they're like what and i was like i won my hockey league and they're like okay i'm like no it's a really big deal like you and I, you know i get into it and it's like mike shirt asked me about my fantasy hockey team and yeah. you know it just it was really funny they're like oh you're really taking this like you're you're like i was like oh guys this this made my year like on on like 2022 23 things that you know this is a top five moment for sure, if not better. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, that's been a, the funny part is those interactions, right? Like, you know, I'm talking to my dad and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, what's going on? I'm like, I won my hockey league. He's like, oh, yeah, that way you've been in that a long time. Eh? I'm like, yeah, like 13 years and I finally won. I got everything like, you know. <laughs> um have uh, you been able to get anybody to watch the uh, like friends and stuff to watch the um, any of the finals, especially Game Seven? Uh, yeah, a couple. Yeah, okay. I, I had a couple people that they were like, "Oh my gosh, you live streamed it!" I'm like, "Yeah, you want to see?" They're like, "No," and I'm like, "Perfect, I'm putting it on." Um, you know, <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, I, I had a couple buddies that that watched them. Um, I also had friends here on the the Canada Day weekend, so mm -hmm. they were all in the in the living room as, as you and I were playing, I think it was game three <laughs> and uh, they're all like, what in the hell's going on in there? So it was really funny. They got the live experience, but, but only from one side. So it was, right. it was pretty right. funny. Yeah. yeah. I know that's so, it, you know, a couple more cigars than usual probably, but uh, yeah, 
yeah, that's 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 probably about all. That whiskey that your wife really enjoyed? Oh my gosh, she was. <laughs> not, I I know she's not a whiskey person. She's definitely not a Scotch person. Um, but yeah, this I is had what to... Ian feels like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was I that was did not set that line up. That just came out, and I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that was so uh, good. I need to get uh, a shirt with that on it. This is how yeah. you. This is what oh no! no. Oh, there we go. That's what we're doing. That's yeah. Okay. Yeah. It'd be, like, it'd be like Norm. He got the the hamburger yeah. shirt and wore it to the summit. I'm gonna get a like. This is what Ian feels like shirt and wear it to the summit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Any more celebration plans uh, for this summer? Um, yeah, there's some hardware probably going to show up at some point. Uh, got to get, got to, you know, formalize it into, into something that we can, you know, put up on the, on the shelf and shine up every year. And so we'll, we'll see what that looks like. And, uh, I have Mike working on a, um, like a continental cup champions graphic that I can use to put on. I'm going to get, uh, obviously, um, one of the hats made from lids and, uh, I want a continental cup champions graphic on there. So I got to get that embroidered on. That'll be nice. (laughs) So, yeah, I think that, yeah. I'm glad I'm not sending uh, a bunch of hats to Haiti for the continental like Dan Brock <laughs> 23 Continental Cup champions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the alternate universe, right? The right. <laughs> universe of all the different winners that never actually happened. Right. Uh, yeah, that's it. I, I I've become so superstitious this year, and, and I'm not that person, but like. I was so careful and quiet on Twitter most of the year. Like I, I was, I was always afraid to like brag. I was like, Oh man, it's going to come back and bite me. Like, just shut up. Don't, don't brag. Just sit there. Cause I've, I've experienced so many years of failure. I was like, I, I can't brag, you know? So no matter what happened in the series or, you know, when I beat JD, like I was like, nope, just stay quiet. Just shush. <laughs> Don't get ahead of yourself. You're going to have to eat it. <laughs> so, uh, oh. yeah. So it was, uh, uh, you know, it, it's released now that uh, that uh, I finally won. I'm like, okay, I can actually like tweet things out. And I can, <laughs> you know, be happy and <laughs> yeah. not feel like it's going to come back and bite me later. So, yeah. I love it. Okay. okay. How excited are you for the new free agency tool? Yeah. Um, I think it uh, will bring like a whole new element to the league, right? Um, you know, everyone, <clears throat> our league is pretty draft heavy. Um, we have a lot of guys that follow, um, you know, like youth hockey and, and really enjoy the scouting process and enjoy the drafting process. And, the UFA has been, um, you know, my baby, obviously, since, you know, I've been running it for, I don't know, five or six years now at least. Oh, my gosh, probably longer. But anyway, um, and uh, but it's always kind of, you know, nobody's happy uh, <laughs> about it. It's always kind of one of those things where it's like, oh, my gosh, like this is 
you know, I, I got too many guys or I didn't get enough or, you know, I can't seem to, no matter how much money I put in, there's somebody else that's putting like, you know, $83 million for this player for a year. Um, so I just think it'll, it'll kind of refresh that a little and, and make it more, uh, excitable for, for everyone as we, as we try and sign UFAs, it, it brings a lot more different aspects into it, right? Like signing bonuses and no trade clauses and mm-hmm. multi-year deals. And mm-hmm. it, uh, it allows teams to be a lot more competitive and strategic. And I think it'll add a little bit more fun and maybe UFA will be, uh, aside from, you know, trying to build your team, it'll be like an actual fun process that, that we can uh, engage in. So. Well, I have to admit, I I was always happy with free agency um, mm-hmm. as it was, uh, but I have been able to see this new tool and it is really cool. And yeah. for all of you that, that haven't seen it yet, but I've heard all these little um, bits about it. It is amazing. I, I think it's, I think it's just once again, one more amazing thing that this league uh, does and brings in um, just, yeah constant searching for uh perfection in this league and it's and man oh man it's so good so i i I know i'm super excited about it and i'm so excited for everybody else to to get into it and and see it too so that's um, it i think it'll really help the teams that you know if you are like almost done building and i think of like your henry's like the steel hawks are coming mm-hmm. along have some good yeah. young guys but need to dip their toe in a free agency for more than just probably one guy yeah. um and need maybe a, a, could use a couple signings mm-hmm. um i just think it'll give you such a much better strategic shot at actually you know being able to grab a couple guys in there and and because you are in that kind of long-term planning like you're just getting into your compete years i think you'll those those gms will definitely uh you know get the most benefit out of this right now um Mm -hmm. so yeah you know i'm I'm excited about it yeah And, and i think that there's a way that it can i think that um teams that are are building and like are early on in the building process really have a great um uh, shot at getting guys that um, they want for you know for future and mm-hmm. and aren't and are gonna have a much easier way around it um, as long as there's aren't there aren't a bunch of other people that want to do that same thing too but uh, there's <laughs> they can really focus on those guys with this as well and so but they're not also not going to be stuck with um, they can do it without being stuck with uh, a um, a t- 12 year future of having to pay a guy 12 million because he's he because he comes up each year on um uh, yeah um yeah called uh, arbitration and can only move down right. a certain amount of percent they can actually make the base salary super low but he put in a huge put in a really big amount of money with that yeah. signing bonus that's really going to help them right so yeah, um, absolutely yeah i think i yeah. think it's just so cool there's so many ways to look at this with it um it's just really neat so yeah, yeah awesome sure. <laughs> um i don't know if we have any more questions but um i i just had to uh take a little opportunity just to to thank you for you know hosting the podcast and 
and uh, being such an awesome sport in, in our finals and, and hosting the champ on, on your podcast is, <laughs> you know, probably you were hoping to host yourself. Uh, so I appreciate this and uh, just wanted to to throw it out there and, and, and say, you know, what was your kind of favorite part of the of the playoffs and the finals? Like, how did you find it navigating through? Oh, man. Um the uh i think the like leading up i it was kind of it was it was all surreal to me because mm-hmm. i didn't have that much in the way of expectations going into the playoffs i thought oh great here i go i'm gonna face eric in the first round now after just making the playoffs like i did finish sixth in the conference but i mean 20 games out i mm-hmm. think i was like nine points back <laughs> of uh you know 25 games maybe nine points back of um of eighth uh, mm-hmm. I was so far out of the playoffs and I thought I, I'm not going to make the playoffs this year. And I don't have my first round pick. And yeah. I was yeah. like, what, what have I done? And then, uh, and then really surprising to me, uh, uh, success against Eric in the first round. And mm-hmm. then when I won that series, then I thought, okay, anything's possible here. Like who knows? Right. Uh, mm-hmm. and then went down one game to nothing against Guy and thought, um, uh-oh, <laughs> right? <laughs> Here yeah. comes the experience and, and, and a good team. Like, I mean, every team I played was fantastic. Um, and I just felt like I was being outplayed in every game throughout the entire playoffs. And I was just coming up with wins. I got getting really lucky. Uh, and then when I got to the finals against you, I thought, oh my God goodness like again i this team going against you in the regular season just got crushed yeah um but the one thing i had in the back of my mind was that kemper back then was had a morale in the 40s um mm-hmm. because the team had not played well he kept getting injured just for not a long period of time uh but yeah. for you know six days seven days just and that enough. put him down 10 morale every time right yeah. so i was like yeah. So it, it, the team was playing with Kemper, but at a really low morale all season. Finally, I had finally he's up in the 80 mark, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, well, let's see. And then game one, I just, just got destroyed. I felt like, you know, well, uh, yeah. both in shots and you put up seven goals on me. And I was like, oh, well, he no. got injured in game one, remember? He they did get injured. That was, oh, yeah. everything that just was went, awful. It eh? looked like everything was just going down the toilet God. in game one, right? And the injury, and then he, and then I look afterwards, and it's only five day. And I, yeah. well, okay, I can uh, I can put in Allmark for the yeah. next game, and then uh, all of a sudden I'm up two games to one, <laughs> and I could hear it in your voice, oh, <laughs> uh, and and see on your text and stuff, like yeah. just <laughs> how the nervous defeat. you were, and I thought, yeah, do I have a shot here? Let's let's <laughs> keep going. Yeah, and then going up three games to two. Um, I thought I just I have two games. I have two games. I just need like mm-hmm. I get and I have one. I'm off three games too. I have two games. I you know can't like chances yeah. are I win one of these two games. Exactly. That's where my <laughs> head was at. I was like, and, oh, then, gosh. and I was down in game six and tied it up and uh like with with under two minutes to go, tied it up. I mean it was Barkov that tied mm-hmm. it up, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh just, yeah. I thought. It's all coming together for a brief instant. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought it's all coming together. Barkov has brought it back because that is the first time we've had any 
had any flips in the game, right? We we had, yeah. we had a lead change in the game in game six, and it went back and forth like twice, three times. And then I thought, this is it. I've got the momentum. And then you're shot, 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 shot in overtime against me, and boom. Uh oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to game just... seven back in the <laughs> <laughs> oh, this oh, is not boy. good. And of course, you just ran away with that one. Uh, I mean, not on the, like the scoreboard wasn't like it was a three-one game oh, and two-one yeah, till late. But I mean, you were just pummeling me in shots, yeah. um, outplaying and and you know deservedly so. You took it. That it was uh, surreal. I was just having so much fun. I didn't yeah. have much time to be uh, like. A bag of nerves really because yeah, I was, yeah. i'm like this is incredible i can't believe I i'm here kind of thing right <laughs> so so really that yeah. was i i i really had a, an amazing experience it was so much fun talking yeah. with you and with mark and with mike uh yeah. before the games and then after the games and uh and just uh uh back and forth with you and i like like yeah. getting excited <laughs> and then going getting nervous and excited <laughs> and nervous during the games yeah. uh yeah I, it was an incredible experience. I'm so happy I got to be a part of it, and hopefully, yeah. I can make it back another time. Oh, I'm I'm very confident. If I had put money on somebody making it back there next year, mine's already on you. So, uh, we'll I mean, you, you got a tough conference, but but I think uh, I think you, you'll you'll find your way back to the finals again. Um, hopefully, not against me, and then I can cheer for you. <laughs> 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 yeah <laughs> no it was it was so much fun and i had like like playing against you in it was so much fun just because like it yeah. was such, you have such a great attitude with it yeah. uh and it was just like a playful you know uh series and stuff like that like the, yeah. the ban i found i the found banter. the banter between us and with yeah. mike and mark and i'd look and i'd see because only only you and i and mark could see mm -hmm. mike's face Oh my and gosh. Mike was just killing himself <laughs> through half of the like through half of the time when we were when it was going on. He was just laughing so hard at us. Uh, at the two of us, exactly. <laughs> he probably got the most amount of enjoyment out of that because you and so. I were like, you know, we had fun, but we were a little bit stressed out. Right. And uh and Mike is just like having a blast <laughs> watching us in the background. We need to find the video of him and then yes. put that up there. Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> but yeah oh my gosh i i just was thinking of this and i i have to tell you but um when we were in the finals and we you know we were talking about earlier uh you and i have games of access and allies going uh on the side and so you know there were days where you know we'd play and i'd you know i'd win or i'd lose and then i'd be like oh my gosh and then i'd open up the game of axis and allies and i'm like ah oh, i'm losing here too like ah oh, it's too much too much losing to ian you know and then sure enough like i'd open one of the other axis and allies games we have going and i'd be like oh i'm winning this one all right i'm i'm not playing the other one it's getting in my head i got to play this one <laughs> and then when you i think it was after game 6 you yeah. won you you won in a game or, yeah you won in a game of access and allies and i said well that's your win for the day you're, you're yeah. <laughs> you can't have any more yeah like, why not both <laughs> i was like oh no why did i do that i used up all my luck <laughs> yeah oh it was so much fun and uh, i want to say as well a big thank you to mike and mark um you know mark on the sailboat each day 
and just run it from there. Um, doing an incredible job uh, emceeing the, the whole thing and, and, uh, and coming up with great questions for us yeah. uh, between and, 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 and stuff. And, and Mike, what, like just an incredible job of putting that kind of um, production, I guess, together. code, but yeah. that, that kind of uh, thing together um, is so much fun. And if for those people, there's only four of us that have had that experience so far, mm -hmm. but you're going to love it when you are here, when you're in the finals, you are going to have so much fun. Um, yeah. even, I... Like it, it was stressful, but i had so much oh, fun. it made it it made it so much better um you know the, the last time i was in the finals was against eric so it was awful because i was against eric and it was awful because he won and it was awful because i got swept but it also just wasn't the same experience right like we right. didn't have this um, waiting on the <laughs> yeah you're just you with, yeah. refreshing the website and uh <laughs> and, you know it's it's nowhere near as much uh oh entertainment that you and i got out of this and i hope the rest of the league did too or those that watch and if you haven't watched them honestly it's probably worth going back and watching at least a couple of them because man i i've probably watched them at least three times just to watch the two of us like lose our minds on there was really fun so uh yeah, no, it was, yeah, it's a great time. I mean, if you're not already motivated to try and win a Continental Cup just for bragging rights, like you should try and make the finals just for that experience. Uh, <laughs> right. And and hopefully you get an opponent like someone like Ian who is fun and, and wants to have that experience with you. So, you know, thank you for making this fun. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I had a blast and, and congratulations on the championship. Uh, it's well-deserved. It's been a long time coming, like, for what for a team that you've had that has looked like a championship team. The, uh, you, it's well-deserved and, uh, a, like, a well-deserving champion. You, you really uh, hold it well. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Great job. Thank you. Okay. All right. Yeah. Jeff Froseller, SICHL 2023 Continental Cup champion. The, the Havana Revolution. <laughs> All right. Enjoy the music on the way out, everybody. Uh, <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Thanks, Ian. Thanks. There he is, the people's champion, Jeff Prozeller of the Havana Revolution, your SICHL 2023 champions, Continental Cup champions. All right, if you'd like to be on the podcast or if you have any ideas for the podcast, please DM me at SICHL Rockies on Twitter. And have a nice middle of the summer, and I'll talk to you soon.